I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Thursday, December the 5th, Premier League, 8.15pm. Contents. Head coach. Captain. Voice of Arsenal. Numbers game. Player feature. Academy. Community. My story. Visitors. Match action. Norwich versus Arsenal. Match action. Arsenal versus Interact Frankfurt. My Arsenal. Freddie Lundberg, our interim head coach's first home game in charge. Hello everyone and welcome back to Emirates Stadium. I haven't had much time to think about standing on the touchline here at our home tonight, largely because everything has all been so hectic since last week. But of course, It will be an incredibly proud moment for me to be making my managerial home debut. I've been working with the first team since the start of the season with Unai Emery and his coaches. It was great for me personally working with Unai. I just want to take this opportunity from everyone to wish him and his staff the best for the future. It crossed my mind the other day when I made my debut for the national team When I made my debut for Arsenal and made my debut at Norwich as a manager, they are three of the proudest moments that I've had in my career. It's a great, great honour to be given this incredible opportunity and I can assure you that, for as long as I am in this role, I will do as well as I can for our fantastic club. Having been an Arsenal player, then returning as a coach and being a fan myself... I know how special this club is. I wouldn't have taken this job if I wasn't confident that I could help put smiles back onto fans' faces again. I've since watched the Norwich game twice, and there's a lot for us to reflect on, but the general feeling is probably the same as I had after the match. We started extremely well, played very well offensively, but had a problem transition-wise, 
and that allowed them to get shots on goal and create chances from the transition of an eight-yard sprint. That has to stop, and that's something we will focus on. My other feeling at the time is that we got in behind their midfield and behind their back line a lot, and that has since been backed up by data within the club. We've skyrocketed up to be one of the top teams in the league to get into the pockets and behind them, so it's always nice to see that the data backs up your feeling during the game. That's something we need to maintain. For me, from what I saw in the opening 30 minutes of that game, the belief and how we played, that's good. In my opinion, offensively, we were good. And another thing is that when we went 1-0 down, none of our players were shaking their heads. They were saying, come on guys, we can sort this out. That tells me that they have belief in their ability and that they want to change a negative trend. Since then, we've been re-watching the footage and working on smaller details. It's vital that we change some characteristics in our play against Brighton. But as I've said before, we're working on a tight schedule. If you have a pre-season for eight weeks, there's a lot of things you can work on. But in a situation like this, you have to think, that little piece is very important, so that's what we're going to focus on. One of those smaller details is our work in transition. I want to say a massive thank you to every fan that made the trip to Carrow Road. You were amazing, and I could feel the energy increasing with the more we played. Even when we went 1-0 down or 2-1 down, you became even louder, continuing to push us on. That's so important for the players. When it comes to the Emirates, we know that you, the fans, want us to win football games. We know you want us to play good football, and we're going to try to achieve that. Whether that's me or someone else as a coach, I don't think that matters so much. You are amazing fans, you really are, and we need you. We, as coaching staff and players, will do everything we can to make you happy. I've watched Brighton this season, and they've looked good under Graham Potter. They change formations a lot, and they've adopted a different style to last season, so we will see what they come with. They play out from the back, defend well, and they've got good organisation. But we need to concentrate on our own game. Of course, I will consider how they play, but we're playing at home, and I want to focus on developing our game plan. I want to focus on how we play football and the trouble that we can cause them. Today, we want to show our support for the Rainbow Laces campaign. Arsenal has always, and will always, be open and welcome to everyone, regardless of sexuality, religion or race. It is important that each one of us plays our part in ensuring that everyone can feel an equal sense of belonging to the Arsenal family. Enjoy the game! Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the captain on his two goals at Norwich and taking positives into tonight's game. Welcome back to Emirates for tonight's game against Brighton. It's Freddie's first home match as head coach, so it's a special occasion, and I really hope that you will all be behind him and us. We are at home tonight, and we have to make it a tough place to visit again. 
We have to be the boss at home. The Emirates has to become a fortress again. We need you and all your support for that, and we also need to raise our game. Brighton are a good side, and they have changed massively since the arrival of Graham Potter in the summer. They used to be a solid defensive side, but now they are a possession team, and they will be dangerous. We took some positives from the performance at Norwich last Sunday. Of course, we would rather have won, but I thought offensively we got some fluidity back. We combined well, we moved well, we created chances and should have scored more. However, we also saw that there is still a lot of work to do defensively, especially on transitions. It is what Freddie highlighted after the game and what we have been working on. We have been too exposed this season so far, and this has to change. As a team, we have to work harder and to be conscious of what we all have to do to concede fewer chances. I was happy with my two goals on Sunday, although my first goal was quite something. Before I took my first penalty, I saw that Tim Krul asked his bench something. Obviously, Daniel Falk, the Norwich manager, knows me very well. He was at Borussia Dortmund with me. He managed the reserve team there. So I changed my usual routine a bit because of that, and I tried to look at Krul all the way before choosing where to shoot. But I didn't hit the ball properly, and he saved it. You can imagine how relieved I was when the referee told me that he was checking VAR for encroachment. Lacker told me straight away that their players had got in the box before I took the first penalty, so I was confident I would retake it. This time I said to myself, You can't miss this one as well. Don't miss it. Yet somehow, and don't ask me why, just before taking the second pen, I was thinking about doing a panenka. I could hear Krul shouting at me, trying to mess with me and unsettle me, so I decided to just slot it on the left-hand side, which was far less of a gamble than the Panenka. I really wanted us to push for a win at the end, but I was also conscious that Norwich were dangerous on counter-attacks. Bount saved us a few times, and we had to settle for a draw. One of the positives for sure was how much character we showed to come back twice in the game. We conceded an unlucky first goal, despite having started the game well. Then they scored again just before half-time, but we never gave up. We always believed that we could come back. We showed strength to come back and get something there. It was nice to see Daniel and Christoph Zimmermann, who were also with us at Dortmund. He was a young player who would train with the first team sometimes. They're good guys, and I wish them all the best for the season. I also had a little joke with Krul about the penalties. It was Freddy's first game in charge, and we would have liked to have given him a win. He was frustrated like us, but he's been very clear on what he wants us to change and improve. Even if he has not been the manager for long, we have a lot of respect for him. He had a great career at the club. He was one of the invincibles, and we want to emulate him in a way. His message is clear. A happy player is a player who has fun on the pitch. He wants us to enjoy our football again. He wants us to play great football, to enjoy ourselves so you can enjoy yourselves watching us and supporting us. He has a lot of energy and we can feel it. I would also like to say thank you to Unai Emery for the work he did during the 18 months he was in charge. Last season was a good season although it could have been even better had we won the Europa League final and finished in the top four. But I thought there were a lot of good things in that campaign. A lot of the players improved under him. 
I finished the season as the Premier League top scorer and it's thanks to him as well. We had some good times and on behalf of the whole squad, I would like to wish him all the best for the future. Finally, this week we are celebrating Rainbow Laces campaign. Football unites everyone, regardless of your origin, your religion or your sexuality. We have to make everyone feel welcome and make everyone feel that they are part of the football community. This is what we are, especially here at Arsenal. We are a big united family. Enjoy the game tonight and come on you Gunners. This concludes the captain. The voice of Arsenal. Up next in the FA Cup, Leeds United. The draw for the third round of the Emirates FA Cup has taken place and we're set to face Leeds United at Emirates Stadium. We last faced a championship side in the FA Cup back in 2012 when Thierry Omri stepped off the bench to cap a fairy tale return to the club by scoring the only goal of the game at the same stage of the competition. The match will be played Friday, January the 3rd and Monday, January the 6th. Stay close to Arsenal.com for a confirmed date and ticketing information. Outstanding Uber. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang capped a successful 2019 by being named 20th in the Balloon Dior standings. Lionel Messi was named the overall winner of the prestigious award, but Aubameyang was certainly recognised for his exceptional goal-scoring form, finishing above the likes of Karim Basma, Song Hian Ming, Joey Felix and Tia Sagan. Our number 14 has featured in 43 fixtures throughout 2019, scoring 28 and assisting 5. He won the Premier League Golden Boot Award in 2018-19 and was recently named as our new captain. Congratulations on an incredible year. Programme Fact 40 years ago, something very special happened to Brighton and Hove Albion. They made their first appearance in the top division of English football. And what's more, they played us. The match took place on August the 18th, 1979 at the Godstone Ground and the Match Day programme, an unusual landscape-shaped publication, featured the squad ready to attack Division 1. Sadly, for Alan Murrell's team, it was a baptism of fire. And Frank Stapleton, Liam Brady and Alan Sunderland scored twice. Scored in the 4-0 victory for Terry Neal's team. It was only the second meeting between the teams. Arsenal winning 2-0 in the FA Cup back in 1935. But like buses, that season featured five Arsenal versus Brighton matches. The Gunners won 4-0 and 3-0 in the league, 2-0 in the FA Cup fourth round, and after a 0-0 draw, 4-0 in the League Cup replay. They must have been sick of the sight of us. Christmas giveaways. Continuing our incredible Christmas goodies giveaway in the Match Day programme, read all about this one. In this issue, we're giving away three Magic of Arsenal personalised books. This exciting story lets you be the star, and we personalise it with the name and your physical characteristics too. It's a brilliant way to get the feel of being a star of the football story and your chance by winning. You can simply answer the following question. Which of these Arsenal stars' autobiography is called Gunning for Greatness? Is it Mesut Ozil? Is it Umbamiang? Or is it Socrates? 
Email your entries to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet us to at AFC programme or post to programme competition Highbury House, 75 Drayton Park, London, North 5, 1BU. One entry per person, all entries are by Friday, December the 13th. The Magic of Arsenal books are also available to buy from www.themagicofarsenalfc.com This evening games falls during Stolwall's Rainbow Laces campaign, which is supported by the Premier League and Arsenal Football Club. The celebration of the LGBT inclusion and the fact that football is for everyone will feature Rainbow Laces match day inventory, including pitch flags, ball plinths and handshake boards. Rainbow coloured captain's armbands and laces will also be available for players. You'll also notice the Rainbow Premier League logo on the front of the programme. As part of the three-year partnership with Stonewall, the Premier League is promoting positive attitudes towards LGBT people, striving to improve equality and diversity throughout the game of which the organisation this includes being proud members of Stonewall's Global Diversity Champion Programme and running Stonewall Sports Allies Seasons for employees. LGBT acceptance has been embedded in the club community programmes such as Premier League Kicks, the Premier League Primary Stars, including community staff training. The league is also committed to increasing the confidence and knowledge of player care professionals in supporting LGBT inclusion across the professional game. The Premier League also works in conjunction with clubs and external organisations, including the police, the Crown Prosecution Service, and to improve fan behaviour in stadia and encourage reporting of discriminatory abuse. Robbie DeSantos, director of Sport for Somewell, said the Premier League continue to lead the way with their commitment to making football inclusive and welcoming. The visible support from the Premier League for rainbow laces is a huge part of the change in attitudes we're seeking. Our work together is about long-term change, to build acceptance and support for LGBT people in football and to make sport everyone's game. How Arsenal are supporting the campaign. The Gay Gooners will play Pride of Irons on Friday at London Stadium Community Track Pitch ahead of our Monday night Premier League fixture against West Ham. We are also trialling Pride 19, rainbow printing in the Armoury store on shirts. And finally, we are delivering Arsenal for Everyone workshops to Arsenal in the community participants. Football Plus. Congratulations to Pivos Athuarius, who recently qualified as Level 7 referee. Pivos, whose son attends Arsenal in the Community Weekly Football Plus sessions, decided to continue his footballing journey, having completed his FA Level 1 certificate in coaching football last November. He passed his exam answering an impressive 90% of questions correctly. And recently... He volunteers with Arsenal in the community, officiating our respect league fixtures and tournaments. Fivos will be presented with his officiating certificate prior to tonight's game. Mikatarians on target. 
Our online midfielder, Henrik Mkhitaryan, scored as Roma won 3-1 at Hellas Veron last Sunday. Justin Kiver gave the visitors the lead, only for David Fareni to equalise just four minutes later. Diego Petrotti's penalty put Roma back in front. Mkhitaryan came on in the 67th minute and scored Roma's third goal in the second minute of added time. The 30-year-old has made a promising start to life in Sierra A, scoring twice and assisting once in the five league games. Ref Watch. Our referee this evening will be Graham Scott from Oxfordshire. The 51-year-old started refereeing in 1997 at long league level before joining the national list of referees in 2008. This saw him rise up through the divisions and take charge of his first Premier League fixture in 2014. A year later, he was promoted to the select group of referees, replacing Chris Foy. He's since taken charge of 15 Premier League fixtures, showing 152 yellow cards and 9 red cards. This will be the first time that the Scot has been appointed to an Arsenal fixture this season, but he did take charge of our 2-0 win over Southampton at Emirates Stadium last term. In fact, we've won each of our three league premier fixtures that have been officiated by Scott. Mia Demmer recognised in Balloon Dior's standings. Vivian Mia Demmer's incredible form throughout 2019 was recognised on Monday night as she finished fifth in the world's women's Balloon Dior. The Netherlands International scored a record-breaking 22 league goals throughout 2018-19, helping us to win the Barclays Women's Super League for the first time in seven years. Before playing a key role in the Netherlands' run to the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup final. Mia Demmer has scored 16 and assisted 3 for her country in 2019. She's already registered 22 goals and 8 assists at club level in 2019-20. We're so proud of you, Vivi. Thinking of the Apple family. Everybody at Arsenal Football Club would like to extend their sincere condolences to our former youth player, Benik Afobe, and his family following the sudden death of his two-year-old daughter, Amora, last Friday. Benick grew up at Arsenal, joining the academy at just age six and leaving us for Wolves 14 years later. After a number of successful loan spells, extremely popular with his teammates and all the staff, he was at Arsenal. Everybody here is deeply upset to hear the family has suffered such a devastating loss. Matchball sponsor. Thomas Van Dams, originally from Belgium, is celebrating his 21st birthday this evening on his first visit to the Emirates Stadium. Tom, along with his mum Kathleen, have been avid lifelong Arsenal supporters and are hoping for a fantastic team performance with the Gunners' victory this evening. Who's your player of the month? Pierre-Emerick Abiamiang and Matteo Gunduzi have been nominated for our November Player of the Month award, but who gets your vote? Our new club captain scored a well-taken goal in our 1-1 draw at Wolves, but also netted in our Europa League clash against Frankfurt, while Leo produced a number of vital saves against Wolves and Norwich. Gay and Dozy won the award in September, but has continued to impress during another stellar season, provided energy and passion to our midfield. Voting closes at 11.59pm UK time tonight, so head on over to arsenal.com and cast your vote. Numbers game. 
Win the match ball. Is your number up? In the programme's exclusive lucky number competition, we give you the chance to take home the match ball. Listen to the PA at half-time when the number will be announced. If it matches the one on the back of your programme, the match ball is yours. And that's not all. To make the prize extra special, the ball will be presented to you by a member of the first team squad. And there's more. Every numbers game winner also gets a free stadium tour, so be sure to check your numbers. If you're the winner, please head to the media entrance next to the armory after the game, where an Arsenal representative will be waiting for you. Stadium Tours and Museum Your prize also includes two stadium tour tickets for every winner. You've experienced the matchday atmosphere, so now is your chance to go behind the scenes with the Emirates Stadium Tour. Take your seat in the changing room, walk down the tunnel, sit in the dugout and explore the Arsenal Museum. For more info, please visit www.arsenal.com slash tours. Good luck. Bellerin. In between the hours of hard work and dedication, Hector Bellerin has had plenty of time to think during the nine-month layoff with the anterior cruciate ligament injury he sustained against Chelsea on January the 19th. Now, of course, he's back. So he sat down with the match day programme to discuss his rehab, his comeback, and how the process has changed him as a person and a player. But first, he also wants to talk about why the initiative we are supporting today is so important for the sport. Why is Rainbow Laces such an important initiative? It's so important because we need to raise awareness and we need to support our LGBT community to be accepted and I think there are no better advocates to do that than us, the players, the coaches and the staff. The whole league has to get together to support Rainbow Laces. Does it seem absurd to you that people can't be accepted in 2019? I feel like, in football, we're a few years behind in terms of these kind of issues. For example, we've seen in rugby with Gareth Thomas and in other sports such as the NBA, the NFL and athletics. But it seems like in men's football it's taking us so much longer and so much hard work for something I feel should just be a human right. To be yourself. How proud are you that Arsenal are so heavily involved in this? It's amazing that Arsenal, as a club, always take it into their hands to support people. Not just LGBT people, but also minorities and people from other cultures and backgrounds. As well as people with disabilities in terms of being accepted into society. Arsenal is a club that helps make everyone feel part of the same family. And as players, it's our duty to do the same. I'm very proud to be part of a club that accepts everyone to be a part of this big family. Let's move on to you. There were 255 days between your injury and your comeback. So what's different about the Hector that started that process and the one who came out the other side? I'm a very, very different Hector, that's for sure. It was a long time, 255 days. It sounds worse when you say it like that but it's been a process that's been more positive than negative. 
When people hear about you rupturing your ACL and going through this nine-month injury, they just think, oh wow, this is bad, he must be in a bad state of mind. And of course, it was hard. Watching the boys play was really hard for me, and there were days where the knee wasn't feeling how you expect it to. But it's helped me love football even more and realise how lucky I am to be in the position I am. Now I take the opportunity to play and even to train with a different frame of mind to before. Why does it take an injury to change that perspective? Is it because you have a lot more time to think? I think that's one of the things. Since I became part of the first team squad, I kind of played every game. It's non-stop. Whether you have good games or bad games, you never really have time to think about them or to enjoy the wins or celebrate if you score a goal. You know... I don't score many, so for me that was a big thing. You're always thinking about the next game, and then it's the summer break, and the last thing you want to think about is football. So it was the first time I had a chance to actually look back at my achievements, whether that was as a footballer, as a 24-year-old, or as everything else. I could finally sit down and think, wow, I've done this, and I've done that. I never really appreciated it. Then I realised I had played almost 200 games for Arsenal, won four trophies and had so many achievements individually and with the team. It made me realise how far I had come since my first game and how much I had grown in that time. It has made me appreciate how lucky I am to be able to wake up every morning and play the game that I love, for a club that I love, surrounded by people who want me to be better every day. Sometimes it takes a hard knock to actually realise how good life is. As well as changing your perspective of football, does it have wider implications in the way you see life? It affects, for me, literally every single thing, because football has been and is my life. All of a sudden, when you can't do the one thing you love for nine months, it puts other things into perspective. It was the first time I could spend more than two weeks in my hometown. I spent more than a month there when going for rehab and I could appreciate the things I used to do back then. I could appreciate my family and friends more and that helped me a lot through the process. It made me appreciate other hobbies that I had left out. I used to draw a lot when I was young and I had time to do that again and photography and other things I loved. I had a chance to study a little bit, to read books that I never thought I'd have time to read. Those things gave me a lot of joy in my life, so it has made me happier in different ways and made me appreciate other things more. Does it give you a bit of a window into what might come beyond football? Yes, for sure. When I was really young, I was always worried about what was after football. I think it's better to try things now, to learn what you like. So since I was 20 or 21, I've been trying new things to see what gives me joy or what I could use as a career after. Talk us through your comeback game against Nottingham Forest. It was a very emotional game for so many reasons. The game before was Aston Villa, and in my head that was my comeback game. My first goal was against Aston Villa. My first FA Cup was against Aston Villa, so it was like a plan interlinking. But I'd played a few games for the under-23s, and the coach wanted me to rest my knee before coming back to the highest level. Then I was called into the squad for Forrest, and it was like, you, I'm back. Sometimes just being in the hotel with the boys, for the team meeting, for lunch, even if you're not going to play, it feels so different. 
It's like a kind of ritual to me. Then we get to the game and the team starts playing great. Rob gets the captain's armband and with his first touch he scores. I was like, I don't even care if I play anymore. I'm just so happy for this guy. But then the coach calls me in and with one of my first touches, an assist and we score another goal. I'm like, can this get any better? Is this even real? It was an amazing performance and on top of that Rob scores. I'm lucky enough to get an assist. The young boys are scoring. I've obviously got an amazing memory from that game that I'm not going to forget. How does it feel to be part of the leadership group? Since I was young at Barcelona, I've always been one of the three captains in the team. It's obviously not the same as being the captain back then. The responsibility and what you represented is completely different. But it's always been a position that I enjoyed. For me... I had been speaking to the coach for a few months and he thought I could be one of the people that can represent the team. I was really happy with it. I'm someone that's been at the club for a long time and I know how the club runs. I don't shout on the pitch the whole time, which is what people have in their heads as a captain sometimes. But with leadership, there's so many different ways of leading within a dressing room. My teammates respect me to do that job and I'm happy to do it when I have to. This concludes Player Feature. Arsenal Academy, Young Gun, Harry Clark. Around the Academy, Youngsters First Team Call. Remember, Steffi Mavidi. Match Reports, Chelsea Under-18s, Villarreal Under-23s. Young Gun. Talking to Aidan Small. Harry Clark. The Basics. Born Ipswich. March the 2nd, 2001. Joined Arsenal. Summer 2015. Height and weight. 6 foot. 80 kilos. Position. Defender. I'll never forget my first visit to Colney. Growing up, I actually supported Man United because of my dad and brother. But as soon as I came here, I completely fell in love with the club. Once I met the staff and I heard that the way that they speak, I could see how much care and time they'd made for each player. I could see how much time they'd spent scouting me, and that really meant a lot. Tottenham and Man United were actually watching me at the time, but after that visit, my heart was set, and I hadn't regretted a single moment since. I was 14 when I made the switch to North London from Ipswich. I first joined Ipswich when I was 10, and despite being a centre-back now, I actually started out as a striker. In fact, if you type my name in online, you'll see a virtual goal that I scored when I was playing for their under-14s. It was an incredible team goal, involving every player. But I've got to be honest, when I scored, I didn't realise it was that good. I was trying not to take credit for it because it's a team move, but it's technically mine. It wasn't about until about six months after joining Arsenal that one of the coaches, Trevor, told me I have all the abilities to be a quality centre-half. He told me that because I've played as a striker. I know what strikers don't like and what they do like, so I can use that to my advantage. I've played there a few times at Ipswich, but it was my first time I thought about making the switch permanently. When they first told me about it, I remember thinking that I'd been signed as a striker, so why would they want me to move? But once I had some time to think about it, I spoke to my dad and he said some of the best coaches in the world are at Arsenal and that I need to trust them. I played one game, it went really well 
and then he played me there again the following week. It's just fallen into place since. I played as a midfielder for Ipswich too, but that helped me develop some of the basics you need to play there, such as checking over your shoulders, the importance of your first touch and taking care of your passes. Those are skills that I've been able to transfer into being the ball-playing defender. One of the biggest things to my... I really look up to Rob Holding too. He's a young English defender and he's also come from a similar team, just like me. He's proven himself in the first team and when he dropped down to the under-23s recently to build up match fitness, he gave me so much advice. He told me what the club want from a centre-back, like playing out from the back, being brave and stepping in front of the strikers... All these sorts of things with an incredible experience. Having made the step to under-23s football this season, I've also had the opportunity to play against senior players for the first time in my career. You come up against so many different types of forwards and it's been so helpful. Against Derby County, I came up against Chris Martin, who's 31 now. I spoke to him after the game and he was such a nice guy. I asked him if he can give me a few tips about how to handle a number line like himself because he's your classic football league striker. Playing against him, I was able to get a taste of what I'd hopefully experienced further down the line. I remember going up for the header and he gave me a little nudge, but the ref didn't see it. He did it throughout the game, so afterwards I asked him what I could do to combat it. He told me that I should be coming at him with more of an angle so that he can't quite get close to me. As for the season so far, Steve Ball took over from Freddie since the summer and he's instantly empathised what he wants to see from us. That includes switching the play of pace and being a strong and defensive unit. We've played some really good football and played a few games where we've really deserved all three points, but unable to get over the line. When Steve came, the first thing he wanted to do was to focus on our defensive side of the game. I feel like I'm really progressing under him. Harry Clark, the lowdown. Earliest memory of football. Playing for my local team when I was five. Got me into football. My brother and my dad. First footballer looked up to, Cristiano Ronaldo. Best friend in football, James Hilson. Team I supported growing up, Manchester United. Biggest influence, my dad. Best goal of all time, Roberto Carlos free kick against France. Best goal I've ever scored, my team goal in 2014 for Ipswich against Millwall. Best player I've ever faced, Callum Hudson-Odidi. Best player performance, against Peterborough in the league.com trophy. Another sport I'm good at? Athletics, long jump. Favourite training drill, crossing and finishing. Who I can buy and best with? Tyrese John Jules. Another sport I'm good at? Golf. About you. Best footballing attribute? Mentality. One thing I want in my career, playing the World Cup. If I wasn't a footballer, a golfer. If I could be any footballer, Sergio Ramos. Favourite musician, Gunner. Favourite follow on Instagram, Ian Poulter. Thing I need on an away trip, AirPods. Favourite pre-match song, Pump It Up, Extended Mix. Around the Academy, who will make it? Bakaya Saka. Most skills in their locker, Tyrese John-Jules. Best passing range? Robbie Burton. Best touch, Matt Smith. Most two-footed, Zach Swanson. Would be the best manager, me. Strongest, Mark McGuinness. Funniest, Florin Balogun. A 
Academy alumni. Stephen Madididi. Stephen Madididi is enjoying his time at Dion after joining on loan from Juventus in the summer. The Derby-born player featured prominently for our youth sides as he scored six goals in 11 PL2 matches in the 16-17 season. He signed a professional contract with the club before moving to Charlton Athletic twice on loan, either side of the spell at Preston North End. It was during the second spell at the Addicts, so 2017-18, where he really showed his promise. He scored two goals and registered one assist in the opening four games in League One before picking up a hamstring injury, which ruled him out for eight matches. He returned to the Charlton side in time for a playoff that season, but they missed out on the final of losing both legs to the semi-final to Shrewsbury. Steffi returned to the club in the summer, but only played and scored in one PL2 match before joining the Italian giant with no first-team experience to his name. He was reportedly spotted and recommended by Giorgio Chevilli's brother. Mavididi played a remainder under the season of Juventus under-23s and scored six goals in 32 games and was rewarded with his debut for the club against the SPAL, a game in which the old lady lost 2-1. Juventus won the title, but the forward missed out on the winner's medal due to a lack of first-team appearances. He joined Liga 1 club Dion on loan in the summer and he scored his first goal for the club against RC Strasbourg in October, which turned out to be the winner in the 1-0 victory. Dion currently sit third from the bottom of Liga 1. Wishing you all the best for the future, Stevie. Academy News. Freddie's Fledglings. Tyrese John-Jules and Robbie Burton both trained with the first team ahead of Freddie Lundberg's first game in interim charge against Norwich. The forward and the midfielder have featured prominently for the under-23s who have only lost once so far this season. Both players featured in the first team and pre-season with John-Jules providing an assist for Eddie's late winner in our match against Bayern Munich in LA. Perhaps it isn't surprising to see members of our youth team joining with the first team as Lundberg was promoted from under-23's head coach to assist first team manager. Back-to-back clean sheets. Steve Bowles' under-23s have recorded back-to-back clean sheets in all competitions after a run of 13 games without one. The first came in a 1-0 victory against Southampton where John Jewell struck Ben Cottrell's perfectly weighted through ball First time to score the only goal with a game. We then followed this up with a 3-0 home win against Villarreal in the PL International Club when goals from Nathan Torme, Ermley Smith-Rowe and Trey Coy secured victory. Bowles' defence has been reinforced by the return of Dinos Mavropons who was playing for our under-23s. He looks to build match fitness. Academy Reports. Words by Sam Cox. Premier League Under-18 Cup. Saturday, November 23rd, Cobham Training Ground. Chelsea Under-18s 2, Arsenal Under-18s 1. We narrowly missed out on qualification to the knockout stage of the Premier League Cup after an away defeat to Chelsea. The host started strong and came close when Lewis Bate drove with the ball and let fly by the edge of the box, but he saw his effort crash against the post. The Blues' pressure eventually paid off when Bate won possession and played Armanio Boyja into the box and the forward fired low past Hubert Garax. Boira should have grabbed his second shortly after when he muscled past 
Daniel off the ball, but he drove into the box, but saw his effort well saved by Garrett from close range. Chelsea did double their advantage in the 37th minute, though, when Sammy Ling pinched the ball from Alex Kirk, skipped past the challenge and powered the shot into the roof of the net. On the stroke of half-time, the Blues would have pulled further ahead if it had not been for a phenomenal double save by Garak, who denied Xavier Simon's initial shot before reacting well to prevent his second attempt finding the back of the net. We pulled a goal back with 10 minutes remaining of the match when Matthew Dennis won the ball, drove it into the box and teed up Agok, who slammed home from a tight angle. Despite the late onslaught, we couldn't find the equalising goal and we suffered our second defeat to Chelsea this season. Thirty-five years in the community. An overview of our current work in the community around healthy living. Arsenal in the community trip to Cologne. For the second year running, Arsenal in the Community teamed up with Arsenal Women to give 20 young people the opportunity of a lifetime in Cologne, Germany. Ten boys from our Premier League Kicks programme across Islington and Camden, together with ten girls from Arsenal Women's Player Development programmes, experienced life as an aspiring footballer in Germany – meeting like-minded peers in Cologne for joint training sessions and a performance analysis session, courtesy of Bundesliga side FC Köln. As well as taking in some local tourist attractions and experiencing German life and culture at first hand, the group also went on a tour of the German sport university Cologne and received a presentation from the German FA about scouting opposition for the national team. The carefully constructed itinerary was designed to broaden the minds of the young people, bring them out of their comfort zone and highlight future opportunities that are there to be unlocked. The participants' view. Jordan, 14, from Islington. I enjoyed the experience of playing football abroad, but also getting information about Germany. I didn't know university was free there. Charlotte, 15, from Essex. My favourite part was interacting with the German students, getting to know them, making friends, and the subtle cultural differences. The trip has changed me as a person. Kerry, 16, from Berkshire. As someone who studies German at A-level, visiting the German sports university made me reconsider my entire future – as the thought of combining sport with the German language is very appealing. The trip has opened my eyes to the German culture and lifestyle. Thanks to our partners and funders. The trip was funded once again by the Friends of the Goethe Institute, a charity made up of German companies to promote German language, arts, culture and general international cultural cooperation for the benefit of the public in the United Kingdom. Our long-standing German language partners, the Goethe Institute London is the Cultural Institute of Germany in the UK. It promotes knowledge of German abroad and encourages international cultural exchange. The trip is also supported by the non-profit foundation Football is More, and the German Youth Hostel Association DJH, Landesverband Rhineland. 
Special thanks to the Footballers More volunteer, Anne Bellinghausen, who helped to coordinate the trip once again. Photo of the Week Arsenal in the Community's Twitter account, at AFC Community, highlights some of this month's community work. We had a great time hosting our latest respect tournament for eight local under-9s teams at the Hub yesterday. On arrival, players were asked some thought-provoking question on the topic of respect. Hashtag, we are the Arsenal. Hashtag, we only do positive. Follow us on Twitter, at AFC Double Club. My Story The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Strood Green Lions, a local club with under-8s and under-9 teams that joined the Camden and Islington Youth Football League in 2018. Founder Henri Curie, 49, tells us what the club stands for. I love the game of football and the way it can bring people together. I was born in Lebanon and have seen this from my travels around the world and from my childhood in Beirut when I'd listened to Premier League games on the radio. I wanted my son to experience the same passion, so I started taking him and a few classmates to the park after school when I was in reception. I had already earned my Level 1 coaching badge through the London FA, which really gave voice to my ideas about the importance of grassroots sport and football in particular. It's such an accessible and inclusive sport, which is why we've really focused on encouraging girls to join in the last year. I love the way our club has brought children together from a range of schools and created friendships. It means that when we're out and about, we're likely to bump into someone we know through football as well as school. That expansion of our community is hugely important to all of us. Training is important for giving feedback as well as teaching new skills. We contextualise drills by explaining to the children how they could have put them to use in the last game or congratulating them on times they did well. And when we play mini-matches, we get players to talk us through various plays as they happen. We give children the chance to try different positions to find the one in which they're most comfortable. This has helped them make better sense of positioning. While we keep tactics fairly basic, we do work on set pieces and help them learn to work as a unit across the width of the pitch. This year, our oldest team moved up from 5 versus 5 to 7 versus 7 as under 9s. It's been really gratifying to see them take up the space and work as a team. The team has won and lost about the same number of games, but we don't put a lot of emphasis on the overall record as we're really pushing them in personal development and the joy of the game. We don't want to overshadow that. The funding from the Arsenal Foundation was a tremendous help. We used it to pay our registration fees, kit costs and referee fees. It also helped us reach new players by expanding our community advertising. We've definitely benefited from Arsenal's dedication to its local area, and we are very grateful for that. It fosters a sense of connection when the kids can, in some small way, get involved in activities supported by internationally known sports clubs. For more info on the club, call 07 956 
103485. The Arsenal Foundation, registered charity number 114768. Visitors, Brighton & Hove Albion. It's been a season of ups and downs so far for Brighton and Hove Albion, the South Coast Club's third successive Premier League campaign, and first under Graham Potter, who replaced Chris Houghton at the end of last season. Started with a bang, with a 3-0 win at Watford. But the team's form has fluctuated since and after three successive defeats. The Seagulls entered this midweek round of fixtures with just three points and two places above the relegation zone. Hooten had four and a half years in charge of Brighton, highlighted by the club's promotion to the Premier League as championship runners-up in 2016-17, which marks their return into the English top flight after a 35-year absence. Although tipped for an immediate relegation, they finished 15th with 40 points, three of those coming at the expense of Arsenal with a memorable 2-1 win at the Amex Stadium. 2018 was a season of two halves with the Seagulls, cruising along in mid-table during the first half of the campaign before losing their way after the turn of the year and, despite of running to the semi-finals of the FA Cup, plummeting into relegation trouble with the run of three wins in their last 18 matches. That included a six-game streak in which they failed to score. Eventually, they just managed to cling on to 17th place. But although the club survived... Houghton was relieved of his duties. His final two fixtures, a 1-1 draw here at the Emirates Stadium and a 4-1 home defeat against FA Cup conquerors Manchester City that enabled the visitors to clinch their second successive Premier League title. Brighton's lightning start at Vicarage Road this term was followed by a six-game winless run, three draws, three defeats. But Potter's men roused themselves with wins in each of their next three home games. The first, a 3-0 victory against Tottenham, before Everton, 3-2, and Norwich City, 2-0, were also sent packing from the MX Stadium. Those wins lifted Albion to the top half of the table and promoted the club to extend the manager Potter's four-year contract by two years. Since then, however, Brighton have lost three games in a row, albeit difficult ones, going down 3-1 at Old Trafford against Manchester United before losing to the Premier League's top two. 2-0 two at home to Leicester City and 2-1 at Anfield against Liverpool last Saturday. After a tricky November, Brighton will be eager to get some more precious points on the board in a busy December. That, after today's visit to Arsenal, brings them home against Wolves, Sheffield United and Bournemouth, as well as a further trip to the capital to face Crystal Palace and Tottenham. It promises to be a pivotal month for the Seagulls season. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Graham Potter was appointed as Brighton manager in the summer and tasked with two things, keeping the club in the Premier League and improving the side's quality of play. A simple look at the possession statistics demonstrates his success in terms of the latter. Last season, Brighton averaged a 17th highest position share in the league. This season, it's the 8th highest behind the so-called Big Six and Leicester. Another major change is the flexibility in terms of system. Potter started the season with a 3-4-3 system and has generally switched between that of a 4-4-2 this season. Although the system often ends up looking more like 4-2-2-2 with the wide players drifting inside. It's also a dalliance with 4-3-3 for the weekend trip to Liverpool, which ended in a 2-1 defeat. But Brighton dominated possession and liking their visit to Manchester City, Potter wanted his side to play positively against the big boys. They attempt to do the same this evening. Goalkeeper Matthew Ryan is generally protected by the centre-back pairing of Lewis Dunk, who scored a clever quick-taken free kick at Anfield on Saturday, and Adam Webster. If Potter uses three centre-backs, he can either call on Shane Duffy or, more likely, move Dan Byrne inside from the left-back. Byrne feels like something of an unnatural left-back or a left-wing-back, but at 6 foot seven, he's played the role impressively for much of the season, with Martin Matoyna a more obvious fit to the opposite side of the pitch. If Potter elects for one more technical quality at wing-back, he can turn the Camden-born Colombian international Steve Aziz, who dribbles inside dangerously or alternatively to Solly March or Bernardo, who are both nearing the return from injury. Brighton's first-choice central midfielder is the underrated Dale Simpson, who has looked particularly comfortable this season in a more possession-based side. He receives the ball well under pressure and is capable of helping Brighton play through the opposition line swiftly. His partner is usually Davy Proper, who is very comfortable on the ball, who can push forward dangerously to the right of the pitch. Yves Bifmot featured at Anfield and on this day can be very dangerous with his forward running. The real threat, though, comes from between the lines. Potter has used various systems this season but particularly likes deploying both Pastel Gross and Aaron Moy between the lines. Gross drifts around to the right and is dangerous when crossing while Moody usually occupies the left inside role and can shoot from long range. When Brighton are at their best, these two feature heavily going forward. There's a wealth of attacking options. Glenn Murray stated the season in fine form, but 
Near Morpay has emerged as Brighton's most prolific striker. He's quick, his movements is excellent, and he's a fine finisher. A young Irishman, Aaron Connolly, has also been excellent, particularly alongside Malpay in the 3-0 win over Spurs. Leonardo Trossard is also an option, generally staying wide in the three-man attack. He is a lively dribbler. Match Report Norwich City Premier League Match Day 14 2pm Sunday, December the 1st Carrow Road Norwich City 2 Pucky 21 Cantwell 45 plus 2 Arsenal 2 Aubameyang 29 Penalty Aubameyang 57 Norwich City 1. Krull 1. Yellow Card 2. Aarons 6. Zimmerman 5. Godfrey 3. Byram 24. Amadou 19. Tribal 14. Cantwell Substituted with Buendia in the 83rd minute 23. McLean 1. Yellow Card 11. Hernandez, 22, Pucky. Substitutes, Roberts, Franchik, Lewis, Buendia, Stieperman, Farman, Srebeni. Arsenal, 1, Lino, 21, Chambers, 1, Yellow Card, 20, Mustafi, 23, David Lewis, 31, Kolasinac, 34, Shakar, 29, Gwenduzi, substituted with Saka in the 78th minute, 14, Obamiyang, 28, Willock, substituted with Torreira in the 70th minute, 10, Azil, substituted with Martinelli in the 89th minute, 9, Lacazette. Substitutes Tierney, Socrates, Torreira, Pepe, Martinez, Martinelli, Saka. It was a very proud moment for me today to lead out this special club. At the same time, I'm extremely disappointed we didn't win the game. Freddie Lundberg. First half. Freddie Lundberg started his tenure as interim head coach with a trip to Carrow Road to face relegation-haunted Norwich City. He named Shkodran Mustafi in the starting lineup for his first Premier League outing of the season, and the Gunners started strongly, pinning the hosts back. But against the run of play, Norwich hit us on the break, going ahead through Timu Pucky. We drew level shortly afterwards when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang struck home a penalty following handball from Christoph Zimmermann. Ober's first spot kick was saved by Tim Krull, but he made no mistake when given a second chance due to encroachment from the Norwich players. Just before half-time, Norwich restored their lead when Todd Cantwell finished smartly inside the box. Second half we lost some of our attacking fluency in the second half, 
but deserved our equaliser just before the hour mark. Once again, Ober was the man on target, slotting home the loose ball from a corner. Bernd Lino made a superb save to deny Kenny McLean's low shot and ensure a point. Match stats Total shots Norwich City, 15 Arsenal, 16 Shots on target Norwich City, 8 Arsenal, 7 Corners Norwich City, 7 Arsenal, 12 Offsides Norwich City, 1 Arsenal, 0 Fouls Norwich City, 8 Arsenal, 10 Possession Norwich City, 40%. Arsenal, 60%. Match Report, Europa League. Match Day 5, 8pm Thursday, November 28th, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 1, Entrack Frankfurt 2. First half. Unai Emery shuffled his pack for the Europa League following the 2-2 draw with Southampton, switching to a back four and paying David Louise alongside the recalled Granite Zaka in midfield. There was also starts for Joe Willock, Saka and Gabriel Martinelli. And not even the withdrawal of the injured David Louise had an effect as the Gunners made the running in the first half. Willock went close with the header and Martinelli was denied twice in a minute before Patrick Emmerich, or Bamiang, thumped home the Brazilian cross via the goalkeeper's leg and the woodwork. In the second half, Frankfurt made two changes at the interval and turned the game around with two goals from Kamada. The first, a fizzling left foot strike, and the second, another top quality finish. The Gunners couldn't find a suitable response in what turned out to be Emery's last game in charge, but do still top Group F with just a trip to Standard Liège remaining. <laughs> My Arsenal. We hear about your heroes, hangouts, and heart stopping moments. Email program at arsenal.co.uk to take part. Paul Miles, 48, from Essex, is a voice for the official Arsenal talking programs. Why are you an Arsenal fan? Everyone at school supported either West Ham or Arsenal. My best friend John's family were from Finsbury Park and massive Arsenal fans, so I went with them. First Arsenal game. A 2-0 win over Derby County in 1980. Liam Brady and Willie Young scored. Favourite Arsenal game. Leeds United. The return of the King. Match day routine before kick-off. Train from Clacton... A few beers in the old triangle. Favourite place to eat before a game. I don't have a favourite. Being vegan, I grab what I can. Favourite place to hang out before kick-off. Wandering around the ground. How do you feel when you approach the ground? A sense of pride. Where's the best place in the stadium to watch a game from? Behind the goal... 
next to the poor away fans. Favourite away ground. Newcastle. Great fans. Do you collect Arsenal-related memorabilia? Sometimes. My most recent purchase was the Henry Sabutio frame from She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. What's your favourite piece of memorabilia? An Alan Sunderland-signed photo of that famous third goal in the 1979 FA Cup final. Do you collect Arsenal programmes? Only to the games I go to, so starting on January the 19th, 1980. What do you wear to games? Arsenal polo shirt or Arsenal shirt? Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? 1979 FA Cup. Who is your all-time favourite player and why? Liam Brady, because he was the first player I saw score at Highbury. Do you have a cult hero and why? Refer to my previous answer. Oh, and Henri, because he was just the best. What's the best Arsenal goal you've ever seen live? Again, the return of the King against Leeds United. What's the best debut performance you've ever seen by a new player? Lacazette, when he made his debut against Leicester City and scored after 94 seconds. Have you ever met any Arsenal players? Alexis Sanchez at Sainsbury's in Hoddesdon. I'll be honest, he wasn't overly friendly. Which current player would you most like to go for dinner with? Hector Bellerin, because he's vegan. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history, what would it be? Paris. Move along. If you could be present at any Arsenal match in history, which would it be? April the 23rd, 1980, Juventus 0, Arsenal 1. It's written in our folklore, one of the greatest games. If you could watch Arsenal play any club side in history, who would it be? The Arsenal of 1980, just to see how much the game has changed since I've been watching. If you could play in any Arsenal team in history, which would it be? The Invincibles. I would replace Lehman, so I could have the best view in the house. The official match day programme, Arsenal. Brighton and Hove Albion, Thursday, December the 5th, 2019, 8.15, £3.50. Adidas, Emirates, visit Rwanda. Arsenal, interim head coach, Freddie Lundberg. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and white socks. Squad number, 1, Bernd Leno, goalkeeper, 14 stroke 0. 2, Hector Bellerin, 2 stroke 0. 3. Kieran Tierney, 3 stroke 0. 5. Socrates, Papastat Hopolos, 12 stroke 1. 8. Danny Ceballos, 7 plus 4 stroke 0. 9. Alexandre Lacazette, 7 plus 2 stroke 4. 10. Mesut Ozil, 5 stroke 0. 11. Lucas Torreira, 5 plus 6 stroke 1 14 Pierre Emerick Aubameyang 
14 stroke 10. 15. Ainsley Maitland Niles, 6 stroke 0. 16. Rob Holding, 1 stroke 0. 19. Nicholas Pepe, 8 plus 4 stroke 1. 20. Shokran Mustafi, 1 stroke 0. 21. Callum Chambers, 9 plus 1 stroke 1. 23. David Luiz, 13 stroke 2. 24. Reese Nelson, 2 plus 2 stroke 0. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Constantinos Mavropanos. 28. Joe Willock, 5 plus 6 stroke 0. 29. Matteo Guendouzi, 14 stroke 0. 31. Sead Kalasinak, 8 plus 3 stroke 0. 32. Emil Smith Rao. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Zaka, 10 stroke 0. 35. Gabriel Martinelli, 0 plus 6 stroke 0. 77. Bukeo Saka, 4 plus 3 stroke 0. Brighton and Hove Albion. Head coach, Graham Potter. Black shirts and shorts with orange socks. Squad number, Matthew Ryan, goalkeeper, 14 stroke 0. 3. Gaetan Bong, 0 plus 4 stroke 0. 4. Shane Duffy, 6 plus 2 stroke 1. 5. Lewis Dunk, 13 stroke 2. 6. Hale Stevens, 14 stroke 0. 7. Neil Malpe, 11 plus 3 stroke 4. 8. Yves Bissouma, 2 plus 3 stroke 0. 11. Leandro Trossard, 5 plus 3 stroke 2. 13. Pascal Gross, 10 plus 3 stroke 1. 14. Leon Balogan. 15. Adam Webster, 10 stroke 1. 16. Ali Reza Yahan Bakish. 17. Glenn Murray, 3 plus 7 stroke 0. 18. Aaron Mui, 6 plus 2 stroke 0. 19. Jose Izquierdo. 20. Solly March, 6 plus 2 stroke 0. 21. Ezekiel Shelotto, 0 plus 3 stroke 0. 22. Martin Montoya, 13 stroke 0. 23. Jason Steele, goalkeeper. 24. Davy Proper, 12 stroke 0. 27. David Button, goalkeeper. 28. Tudor Baluta. 30. Bernardo, 1 plus 1 stroke 0. 33. Dan Byrne, 14 stroke 0. 44. Aaron Connolly, 6 plus 4 stroke 2. 46. Stephen Alzate, 6 plus 2 stroke 0. Match officials. Referee, Graham Scott. Assistant referees, Simon Bennett and Neil Davis. Fourth official, Tim Robinson. VAR official, Jonathan Moss. Additional VAR official, Mark Perry. Tonight's other fixture, 
Sheffield United versus Newcastle United, 7.30pm. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. The Arsenal Foundation. This... Acronis Backup. Cyber protection for your data. Keep your data safe with the most secure backup. www.acronis.com EA Sports. FIFA 20. Pre-order now. Available 27th of the 9th, 19. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.